Thank you, youth musicians. We love you and appreciate you. Amen. It's been a privilege and a joy for me to see many of these young people grow and develop in their faith since they were children here in our church. And it's been a joy to see them develop the, the talent and the skills the Lord has blessed them with. Amen? Amen. Thank you once again. Well, I invite you now, my friends, to turn in your Bible to the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 1, for the message. And our theme is Christmas rem reminds us. Christmas reminds us. We are reminded of many fantastic truths from the Christmas story. And I want to share some of those with you today. I shared some others in two previous messages. And we read in the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 1, beginning at verse 18, this is how Jesus the Messiah was born. His mother Mary was engaged to be married to Joseph. But before the marriage took place, while she was still a virgin, she became pregnant through the power of the Holy Spirit. Joseph, her fiancé, was a good man and did not want to disgrace her publicly. So he decided to break the engagement quietly. As he considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream. Joseph, son of David, the angel said, do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife, for the child within her was conceived by the Holy Spirit. And she will have a son, and you are to name him Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. All of this occurred to fulfill the Lord's message through his prophet. Look, the virgin will conceive a child. She will give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God is with us. And when Joseph woke up, he did as the angel of the Lord commanded and took Mary as his wife. But he did not have sexual relations with her until her son was born, and Joseph named him Jesus. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you for this beautiful and powerful portion of your Holy Bible. Dear God, I pray that you would just help each one of us to be impacted by some or all of the truth that is contained in this beautiful passage of Scripture. Open up our minds and hearts to your truth. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Beloved, I want to share with you, first of all today, that Christmas reminds us that God performs miracles. God performs miracles. The birth of Jesus is a story of a powerful miracle. Read with me verse 18. In unison, read it together, would you? This is how Jesus the Messiah was born. His mother Mary was engaged to be married to Joseph. But before the marriage took place, while she was still a virgin, she became pregnant through the power of the Holy Spirit. Jesus was born from a virgin. She became pregnant, pregnant not through a man, but through the power of the Holy Spirit, as we just read. Christmas reminds us that God performs miracles. In the case of the birth of Jesus, obviously that was a very unique, very special, once-in-a-lifetime, powerful miracle. 
but it's a reminder to us that we serve a miracle-working God. No matter how young or how old we might be, we need to be reminded of the miracle-working Lord that we are connected to. You know, sometimes we sing, He's a miracle-working God. It's a beautiful chorus and verse. And so tonight, I, 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 I ask all of us, is there a particular miracle needed in your life, in your family, in your extended family? Is there an, a need for a physical miracle or an emotional healing, mental healing? Is there the need for a miracle of the healing of a relationship? A relationship that for some reason went sour this past year or maybe even years ago and that relationship has been broken and, and the only way that you can see it being restored is because of God working out a miracle in your life. Or is there a need for a, a financial miracle? For some today, for some perhaps, the miracle that's needed is the birth of a baby. You've been married for several years or quite a few years. You've been wanting and looking and praying for a baby. It hasn't happened as yet. Lord, Lord, may you bring about that miracle for that couple who are seeking to have a child. For others, it might be the miracle of finding the right job in the next few weeks as you have searched and continue to search. But whatever the situation might be in your life, be encouraged tonight, be encouraged this Christmas Eve to know that our God is a God of miracles. And look to him and say, Lord, it may look dark, it may look dismal, but I'm not going to give up. I'm going to keep looking to you. I'm going to keep praying. I'm going to keep having family members and friends pray for me. And Lord, I'm going to, I'm going to seek to be restored. I'm going to seek to be restored and healed. Healed up. Amen? Amen? I'm going to ask us to pray in these days ahead for a couple that many of you here know, Oswald and Ladina Prithipal. Oswald grew up in our church, and, and then when we started, or had a part in starting the, the Whitby Church back, Pastor Steve started it, but 19 years ago, um, he became a part of the Whitby Church. I learned just on Sunday evening that Oswald and his wife Ladina, they're gonna be okay but they were in a very bad car accident, very serious head-on collision. And uh, Ladina is going to have to pretty much be laying down for six to eight months because of the injuries. And she broke her wrist as well. And, and Oswald, Oswald has been bruised very badly. So I wanna, I wanna just remind us to, to pray for Oswald and Ladina for the healing that needs to take place in their lives during these days and weeks ahead. Amen? Amen? There's a second truth I want to remind us about, and it is this. 
Christmas reminds us to show tenderness and compassion even when we have been deeply hurt. This truth came to my mind when I read and whenever I read verse 19. Why don't you read it with me in unison? Joseph, her fiancé, was a good man and did not want to disgrace her publicly, so he decided to break the engagement quietly. Joseph was no doubt looking forward to his marriage to Mary, only to find out that she was pregnant. Joseph knew he had not been intimate with her, and so it would have been very logical for him to be hurt, to be angry, to be confused. That makes sense to you, doesn't it? Joseph could have made a, a big scene, could have made a big scene and disgraced her publicly, but he decided to break the engagement quietly. Joseph showed tenderness and compassion even when he had been deeply hurt and heartbroken. I've reflected upon that fact many times. And I want to say to us on this Christmas Eve, is there anyone that you perhaps, you perhaps want to and need to show tenderness and compassion towards them, even though they have hurt you, even though they have perhaps broken your heart? Maybe, maybe that person is a husband or a wife. Maybe that person is a son or daughter. Oftentimes the people closest to us can hurt us the most. Isn't that true? Maybe for you that person is a mother or a father. Or it could be a friend, a co-worker or a schoolmate. But as you and I think about the, the tenderness and the compassion that Joseph showed towards Mary at a time when he was certainly confused and upset and heartbroken, may Joseph inspire you and me to say, Lord, help me to show that kind of tenderness and compassion towards this person or these people who have broken my heart, whoever that person or those people might be. Is there an amen in the house? Amen. amen. Here's a third truth that I, I want to remind us of from the Christmas story. Won't you read it with me? From the big screen. Christmas reminds us that the Lord wants to help us to make the right decisions in life. Let's read the scripture that, that brings this truth out. Verse 20 in unison. As he, Joseph, considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream. Joseph, son of David, the angel said, do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife, for the child within her was conceived by the Holy Spirit. And by the way, when you see in brackets, for example, NLT, that just means New Living Translation. Some of you know that, but some of you might be wondering, 
what, what's, what's that NLT, Pastor Nick? Okay, that's what it is. But Christmas reminds us that the Lord wants to help us to, to make the right decisions in life. And we, we see how the Lord was directing and helping Joseph to make the right decision at this point in, in his journey. Obviously, he was, he was saying to himself, well, you know what, I don't have a choice. I need, to, uh, I need to break off this relationship with this young lady. She's been unfaithful to me already. Well, what else can I expect in the months and in the years ahead? If I can't trust her now, I'll never be able to trust her. So he was obviously preparing to say goodbye. So long. Ta-ta-ta. <laughs> but isn't it wonderful? The Lord broke onto the scene and as the Bible says, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, what you're about to do is not the right choice. It's not the right decision. Joseph, here's what you've got to do. Don't be afraid to take Mary home as your wife. Don't be afraid to take her. The child within her has nothing to do, had nothing to do with some other man the child within her was conceived by the Holy Spirit. And even that would have been hard for him to fully understand. Would have been hard for you, for me, to comprehend. It would have been easy for him to say, oh my, my, how in the world did this happen? What kind of stories, what kind of stories is Mary coming up with? Is she losing her mind? No, Joseph, she's not losing her mind. She has God at work within her, and she has God performing a miracle through her that the Son of God is being born into this world. And Joseph, you have been chosen, and she has been chosen for this special day, this special task of God coming to earth in the flesh. Wow. Wow. Christmas reminds us that the Lord wants to help us to make the right decisions in life. Here are just some of the ways the Lord helps us to make the right decisions. Here are a few suggestions to you to keep in mind, and those of you who are making notes, I encourage you to write them down. It may be that the Lord will help you to make the right decision through divine revelation. This is what happened with Joseph. The, the angel appeared to him. And so we could say he had a divine revelation and it's possible, it's possible that the Lord will, will give to you in regards to whatever situation you're facing or you're dealing with, it's possible the Lord will, will bring about a divine revelation. He, he did something very unique, very special with Joseph and Sometimes that's the way the Lord works. And certainly in Joseph's case, because this was so unusual, unusual for a young woman to give birth in a miraculous way, God had to really knock home the message to Joseph. So sometimes the Lord uses divine revelation. Other times the Lord uses instructions from the Holy Bible. Sometimes when you're needing to make a decision about various issues, you can look at the back of your Bible and 
many of the Bibles have what we call a concordance and you can look up a particular topic and, and read about it and, and see what different Bible verses say about whatever it is you, you are trying to decide upon. Then we find the Lord also uses guidance from parents. Guidance from parents and from, from other family members. Young people, young people, take seriously the issue of you talking, discussing things with your parents and grandparents when you are trying to make important decisions in life. Your parents, your grandparents love you more than anyone else. And so they want the very best for you. If, if, they've got, if they've got insight as to what to share, what to say to you, they will. If they don't, they will hopefully be honest and say, you know what, I don't know what to tell you about this, but let's contact so-and-so who would have some wonderful guidance for you. Amen? So, young people, even, even those, of you, those of you in your 20s, even those of you in your 20s, don't, don't overlook, don't disregard the wisdom of your parents. Come on, parents, is there an amen? amen. All right. All right. Then there are other times when it's wise for you, for me, to seek advice, advice from a, a specialist in a given field. Sometimes over the years I've talked to different people here in our church who are specialists and given in particular fields as I've needed personal guidance or we've needed guidance as a church, but I've talked to different individuals and said, and said, okay, I have to make, or we as a church have to make a decision about this. You're, you're an expert in this field. What would you suggest? And the Lord will often use people with experience and, and knowledge like that. Then there are times when you can call upon the wisdom and experience of a pastor, of a pastor or, or some other godly person. Believe it or not, we pastors know something. Besides spending more than seven years in post-secondary education, years of experience help us to gather so much information. It's not that we know it all, we don't. But whether it's, uh, whether it's Dr. Pastor Lisa Autar, or whether it's me, or whether it's other pastors, as a result of experiences with often hundreds of people across the years, we have accumulated knowledge, we've accumulated wisdom that often can be a help to you and, and to others. Still on this topic of some ways the Lord helps us to make the right or the best decisions, there are times, of course, when, when reading some books uh, or listening to some TD, uh, CDs on specific subject matters can help you. And in addition to what I've shared, there are other ways, but all, all we're saying here, my friends, all we're saying is the Lord helped Joseph. The Lord helped Joseph to make the right and the best decision given his situation. And I believe the Lord wants to help each one of us, whether we're young or old. And we thank God for that fact. Amen? Amen. Let me take you to a fourth truth. And it is this. Christmas reminds us that you do not need to be afraid of following, following the direction of the Holy Spirit. You don't have to be afraid. Look at verse 20 again and read it. Tells us very clearly together. As he, Joseph, considered this, that is considered 
leaving Mary, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream. Joseph, son of David, the angel said, Do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife, for the child within her was conceived by the Holy Spirit. Do not be afraid. Don't be afraid, said the angel. Don't, the Lord says, don't be afraid of how I'm leading you and Mary. Joseph, relax. <laughs> it's easier said than done. But the Lord was saying to him, don't be afraid. And the good news, my friends, is however the Holy Spirit wants to lead you, to lead you to Jesus, or change you, or heal you, or help you with basic needs, or free you from a particular problem or habit, don't be afraid. Don't be afraid. Are you taking on a new, a new ministry or a new job in this new year to come? Or are you facing a new challenge in life? A new challenge for some of you of raising a new baby? Don't be afraid. The Lord loves you. Fear not. Fear not following the direction of the Holy Spirit. Amen? Amen? There's a fifth truth I want to direct your attention to, and it is this. I bounced this truth off of Pastor Lisa. It, it never occurred to me before that I can recall, and she's such a wise pastor. I said, you know, let me bounce it off of her and see if she thinks there's value in it. And fortunately, she said, yes, yes, it makes sense. Here it is. Christmas reminds us that sometimes what God has us involved in makes a greater impact than we ever realize. Think about it. Let's read the scripture again and see if it occurs to you out of this scripture as it occurred to me. Read it. As he considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream. Joseph, son of David, the angel said, do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife, for the child within her was conceived by the Holy Spirit, and she will have a son, and you are to name him Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. Think about it. Joseph was called upon by God to be involved in caring for Jesus and helping to raise the baby, the Son of God, who came, who came to save his people from their sins. Now, to be honest with you, I'm not sure that Joseph fully understood all that he was being told. It would have been a heavy dose very difficult for any man or woman to really fully understand what he was being told, for he will save his people from their sins. He probably said, I don't understand all this, Lord, but thy will be done. I will be obedient. How does this apply to your life and mine? Here are a few ways. 
Pastor Lisa Otar was telling me how when she attended Sunday school as a child and as a teenager, her Sunday school teachers in this church and previous church that her family attended year, many years back, her, her Sunday school teachers probably had no idea that they were teaching, they were teaching and investing in a young girl who would grow up to be a wonderful pastor and teacher and preacher. They had no idea. I mean, I didn't even have any idea until she was in her last year of high school. Sunday school teachers, caravan club leaders, children's church volunteers, what you are doing, what you're doing is having a greater impact, impact than you often realize. I think of Yvonne Findlay here, who when our son, our little guy, who's grown up now, when he was a little guy, I think of how when she led the children's open session and some others assisted and I think of how they had an impact and Yvonne and the other teachers had an impact on our son Jeremy by involving him in, in, in putting on overheads for the kids to sing music and doing this and that and he's grown up to be a wonderful Christian young man who leads the worship of the new church in Ajax that we started over four years ago. I just want to remind you, Sunday school teachers and caravan club leaders and children's church workers, that sometimes when you're preparing and you're spending hours praying for children and preparing lessons, you might think, is this, is this, is this? really accomplishing anything, and I just want you to remember that a lot of times what we do, we may not see the fruit right away, but the fruit builds and grows. Amen? I was remembering as I was pondering this point, I was remembering how th this past week, a couple in our church, George, George and Pat, this week, told me this was in a conversation I had with them. They told me of how many years ago, I don't know exactly how many years ago, but many years ago, they heard, they heard Pastor Tina and her sister sing a song in this church. They, they sang, I Can Only Imagine. And, and George and Pat told me of how at that point in their lives, that song really touched their hearts and ministered to them and made such a big difference such that years later now, they were telling me about it. So I say to you musicians, whether you're singing solos or duets or leading as our youth worship team led tonight, many times, many times what God has you involved in can often have a greater impact than you are aware of. Amen? In the Church of the Nazarene, 
Every four years, uh, delegates from Canada and the United States and all over the world, the Church of the Nazarene is in many, many countries around the world. And so every four years, there are delegates that are sent to what we call General Assembly. Um, General Assembly has several times been held in Indianapolis. It's kind of a central gathering point. And um, at the last General Assembly, or maybe it was the previous one, whatever, uh, I was at General Assembly, and there are usually about 30,000, 40,000 people there. And, uh, and after one of the services, one of the services, I, I was talking with a group of people, and someone came to me, someone came to me and said, uh, and said, Pastor Nick, Pastor Nick, there's a, there's a minister, there's a minister from Cuba that, that's been looking and looking and trying to find you and, and has been asking all over, uh, can, 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 you, can you show me, can you help me find a, a, a minister of the Rosewood Church of the Nazarene? And the reality is it's not always easy to find people because we're talking about thousands of people. But anyway, anyway, so um, I said, well, here am I. <laughs> here I am. And uh, wh whoever that person was, uh, they said, just stay there. I got to bring this, I got to bring this young pastor from, from, uh, from Cuba to you. Just, just stand there. I got to go, go. I got to go find her. I got to go find her and bring her. And, and so I, I stood there and then they, they brought, they brought this young pastor and, and she shook hands with me and, and, and said, Pastor Nick, Pastor Nick, I just want you to know, I want you to know that I graduated. I graduated from Cuba Nazarene Seminary. And they, they told us repeatedly, they told us many, many times that this school, this school is able to train us pastors because Rosewood Church of the Nazarene has been supporting the school. And I just want to say thank you to your church. Thank you to your church for helping the seminary that helped me learn more about Jesus, that helped train me to be a pastor. I'm a pastor in Cuba because of Nazarene Seminary, and your church played a big part in my training. Thank you so much. And I hugged her, and I probably cried. I probably cried as I'm having a hard time even telling you about this. But what I'm saying, my friends, is, you know, as we receive this love offering for Cuba, for Cuba, it's easy. It's easy for you and for me to think, oh, oh well, you know, it's... It's an offering being sent down to Cuba somewhere and, you know, help a school. And, and uh, it's easy, it's easy to almost look upon it as big deal. But there are times when I realize, when I realize that what, what you do, what we do as a church family ends up being a big deal to someone to some individual or to more than one individual. And so I want to thank you. I want to thank you, those of you who gave at this service, 
some gave this past Sunday. Some others of you will probably give this coming Sunday for Cuba missions. But what I'm saying is, Christmas reminds us that sometimes what God has us involved in makes, makes a greater impact than we ever realize. And it's hard for me to tell you how, uh, how grateful this young pastor was. And uh, my two pastor friends sitting up here, they, they, they probably understand how grateful those students are, don't you? Pastor Boodoo, Pastor Boodoo, Pastor Boodoo number one, Pastor Boodoo number two. <laughs> Amen? Yeah. So think upon this truth. Um, it, it, it never occurred to me from reading the Christmas story before, at least as far as I can recall, I've never communicated this, this point uh, in any Christmas message. Uh, I might be wrong. I've been known to be wrong. <laughs> Just like you. <laughs> All right. Let me lead you to our sixth point, truth, and it is this, very obvious. Christmas reminds us that Jesus came to save us from the consequences of our sins. And that is, of course, what verse, 20, uh, verse 21 tells us. Read it. And she, Mary, will have a son, and you are to name him Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. He will save his people. Jesus, God in the flesh, came to earth. Why? To save us from the consequences of our sins. How did he do that? He did it when he died on the cross of Calvary to pay the price for your sins and yours and yours and yours and mine. And so now, you and I can be forgiven. We can be forgiven of our sins as we ask for forgiveness. Have you asked the Lord to forgive you? This evening, can be a time when you truly seek forgiveness for your sins. And when we seek that forgiveness, the Bible says we are forgiven. The Bible says we're adopted into the family of God and we receive his spirit and we are promised the gift of heaven, eternal life. Jesus came to save us from the consequences of our sins. The consequences is eternal death. It is hell, but he has purchased our salvation so that we are bound for heaven. Christmas reminds us of these beautiful truths. And so, reflect upon them which one or which truths especially impact your life this evening? Read them with me. Number one, Christmas reminds us that God performs miracles. 
Number two, Christmas reminds us to show tenderness and compassion even when we have been deeply hurt. Three, Christmas reminds us that the Lord wants to help us to make the right decisions in life. Four, Christmas reminds us that you do not need to be afraid of following the direction of the Holy Spirit. Five, Christmas reminds us that sometimes what God has us involved in makes a greater impact than we ever realize. Number six, Christmas reminds us that Jesus came to save us from the consequences of our sins. Beloved, as we sing this beautiful, beautiful carol, I want to invite you. I want to invite those of you can you just put, put, up, put up those points again? I just want to invite you. Some of you may want to come and say, Lord, I need this, this particular miracle in my life. I know there are, I know there are people right here today. You, you need a miracle. I know that because you and I have been talking or some family members talked with me. And so as, as we sing Silent Night, you come and you can kneel or stand around this altar and, and we want to pray for you. Uh, prayer partners, I don't know how many are going to come up here now. Prayer partners, altar pa partners, I need your help. You come. You come. If you're needed. All right. Some of you, some of you may want to come and spend some moments in prayer and say, Lord, such and such a person has hurt me deeply and, and the hurt has been there for months or maybe years. Lord, help me to get over that and, uh, and help me to show tenderness and compassion to, towards that person. Others of you, others of you may want to come and say, Lord, on this Christmas Eve, I turn my life into your hands. I put my life into your hands. I want to repent of my sins. And I'll, I need to begin to put my faith and trust in Jesus as my Savior so that I know that I'm forgiven of my sins, I'm adopted into your family, and that I'm bound for heaven. Whatever your need might be, you're amongst family here, you're amongst friends. We love you. And we just want the best for you. So stand, would you? Stand and as we sing, you, you come and find a place of prayer. If perhaps you end up wanting to pray on your own, we'll let you pray on your own. Otherwise, we'll pray with you. If you wish, let's sing.